This is the Crease Cast. Here's your host, Lock in the Crease. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Crease Cast. And um, can you believe we're already 31 games into the regular season? I honestly can't. It it doesn't seem like that. Uh, like it, it doesn't seem like the season's been going on nearly that long. Um, as I try and some adjustments to the way my my mic my, my mic setup. Um, yeah, that's better. Um, it doesn't feel like we should be already talking about how the halfway mark of the season is, what, 10 games away? 10 games away from now. Um, in, that's, yeah, by the end of December, the, the, by the end of December, if I'm counting correctly, which is entirely possible that I'm not counting correctly, uh, will be nine games. There are nine games left. Uh, there are nine games left in this month. Uh, so by the, uh, the first, the first week of January, we'll be halfway through the season. And it, again, it doesn't feel like we should already be talking about the playoff race, but yeah, we got to start doing it now. Um, there, cause this is, this is the thing they've been talking about before is that, uh, 30 games, they kind of start to get a feel of what the team in front of you is. Um, a couple people have made decisions on that. I'm still... Very much of the jury is still out for me. Um, they're a fun team. The Canucks are very fun, um, and that's enjoyable. But overall, um, I don't really. Ha- I, if you were to ask me uh, what exact, what kind of, how good the, ha- um, if this is a playoff team or not, I still couldn't tell you. I really couldn't. Um, but you know, there's still a little bit of time. There's still a little bit of time uh, to figure all that out. Um, it's a it's a little less of what we saw from the Canucks last night, a four one loss to Toronto, um, and more like the Buffalo game. And even then, I have question I have questions about that. The six five win over Buffalo on Saturday, which I was at. Um, you know, the Canucks. So the Canucks played. So in the game against Toronto last night, uh, the Canucks did have a lot of uh, great A chances in the late stages of the game. Uh, Brock Besser had, I think. 5,000 hat tricks if I'm count if I remember the the official stat line I believe the the number was 5,000 uh Freddie Anderson stopped all of them um um I don't I, I definitely building towards a uh the idea of I don't know if you remember back in the day Alex Ovechkin uh used to hate playing uh Luongo because uh, he could never score on Roberto, I feel like that this is Brock's this is Brock's version of that. Uh, Freddie just Freddie Anderson was just all was just flawless last night. I mean, he let in one goal to Josh Levo, and that was on a a jam play in front of the net that almost that uh, almost didn't get by. He made the first like two stops as it was. The defense just couldn't couldn't uh, keep the Canucks away from the puck from the loose puck. Um, he did everything he could on that play. I mean. Freddie Anderson makes 38 saves and 39 shots. The Canucks had a good shooting night as far as, like, they were out. They, they outplayed the Leafs. I think they outplayed the Leafs overall last night. Um, but the biggest, pr- the the problem was the, the scoring chances the Canucks were getting weren't as, uh, weren't as dangerous as the chances the Leafs were getting. The Leafs were able to capitalize on all the small on all of the the chances they were getting even though there was a lot less of them because they were more dangerous opportunities. The big one being I mean the first goal of the game was, you know, was Austin Matthews standing wide open in front of the net. Uh three guys go to block John Tavares who has the puck and nobody remembers Austin Matthews. It's like, "Hey, 
maybe don't do that. Maybe you should maybe you should be blocking one of the best scorers in the National Hockey League. Huh? Maybe that's 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 a better way to do that's a better way to do that hockey. Um and yeah, sure enough uh, and you know, he just ta- it's basically a tap in for him. Even with marks from there, it's hard to make that stop just right in front when you have to push out to the front of the crease and try and block as much net as he can. It, going from being uh, stapled up along the post. That's a hard save to make. Um, you and um, I think the and John the, the 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 backbreaking goal was the John Tavares goal in the third period. Same kind of deal where Tavares is just able to walk right to the front of the net. And it's not a phenomenal goal by Markstrom. I mean, Markstrom has the angle, he has the space. It goes in under his blocker, so he gets a piece of it. But uh, he shouldn't have to co- have to stop that shot completely uncontested anyway. Like the the fact that he's left to his own devices with that much time and space for Tavares is just it's not good that's not that's not good defense you can't be letting great scorers just walk to the front of the net with as much time and time as they want um and that that's what killed them and that's what killed them in this game it's just that sort of thing where they were just letting uh they were just letting guys get perfect great angle get the great angle get as much time as they wanted on the shot um and they were and they were capitalizing on them um which is too bad because the canucks did they did decent they did all right like again they were they were good in their in in the they were all right in the leafs end they were not very good at their own end in their own end when they were giving up opportunities um it was a pretty uh it was a pretty uh you know I guess mediocre game would be a way to call it. They weren't great, but they weren't terrible either. Um, and and uh, if you've been following Canucks Twitter at all lately, uh, you'll know mediocre is now actually. You'll know that there's actually a secret uh, definition of mediocre, which act, uh, we've been we've been tricking you all. It actually mediocre actually means fifty. Actually means a thousand times worse than shit. I you know I I I can't believe you finally found us out. I'm so sorry. I, uh, you've 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 cracked our code. <laughs> um, okay. In all seriousness, mediocre means average. It that is it, that is the dictionary definition of what mediocre is. And the Canucks were have been that this season. They have been that this season. They're very fun and they're super. They're scoring a lot of goals, but they're not great either. But they're not phenomenal. It's they're not a a world beater. Um, they're not a world beater yet. They're not even in a playoff spot right now. Um, so, you know, mediocre is an apt description of the Canucks. It's a, it's, it's more than, it's a more than valid description. And, but for some reason, people took that, uh, that art, that article I, uh, written by Jackson McDonald on Canucks Army, uh, where he called, where he called them mediocre. Some people took that as, uh, for some reason decided, oh no, there's a secret meaning here, and that it, and it means that they're terrible, and that that you're being, you're called, you're, you're, you're so negative. It's like no, that's not, that's not what that's literally not what mediocre means guys come on like why are you trying to stir up all this controversy over something is something that trivial and something that's just wrong at the end of the day like there's there's mediocre is neither good is neither great nor nor is it bad you i don't know why i i I can't believe i actually have to spend time talking about that this week It, it literally means middling average and you can say oh but mediocre has a negative 
connotation to it. I, that's on you, dude. That's not what... That's If you're going off the dictionary definition, that's not what it... If you're going off the dictionary definition of mediocre, which you should be in an, artic, in an article like that, it means average. Don't... You taking your own definitions into, into place, making your own definitions for what the word mediocre means is on you. That's not on the writer. That's on you for trying to find fault in somebody else's work at the end of the day, really, in this particular case. Some cases it's different, but in this particular case, there was nothing wrong with that article, and there was nothing wrong. There were, and, he, and they displayed both sides of the art of the idea of whether they're good or bad perfectly, perfectly well, so I don't see why people made such a fuss about it. Uh, but we're not here to talk about what's mediocre and what's not. Uh, the Canucks are mediocre at the end of the day right now, and that could go either way. They could end up going, making the playoffs. They can end up getting a lot better and making the playoffs. Uh, I wish my computer wasn't making noise in the middle of while I was recording. Um, or they might fall back to earth a little bit, and uh, they might fall back to earth a little bit and uh, regress. Um, I have heard that from a lot of analytics people that it seems like they're they are for real in terms of the scoring. Like that's supposed to be relatively. Uh, that's, that's, they are pretty much where they're supposed to be in terms of scoring, which is great news. Um, so in a way I don't see them fall. I don't see them getting worse. I see them kind of either, you know, staying or hovering around this mark or finding a couple extra wins here or there. That's what it's going to take to get into the playoffs. They do have a little bit of a hole. They're in a bit of a hole now, uh, just because some of the other teams uh, who uh, who are struggling at the beginning of the season have found their uh, rhythm a little bit, like Calgary, since they fired Bill Peters. Um, uh, Vegas is obviously Vegas. They're doing pretty well. Arizona, 40 points, tied with the Oilers for the Pacific Division lead. That's uh, Who saw that coming at the beginning of the season? I sure didn't. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like Arizona and Edmonton at the top of the division. Hey, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> could have predicted this. Not me. Um, it's, you know, I mean, the Oilers are regressing. That's, and that's to be expected. Arizona, I wouldn't be, I would be surprised if they regressed. I feel like, I don't feel, maybe they're not going to win the division, but I definitely think they are a playoff team. They're, they were, they were, came so close last season. They've only gotten better since. Uh, so, uh, I like Arizona's chances in the, at making the playoffs, but for the Canucks case, they're three points back of Vegas, who is in a playoff spot, and they are, um, and they're four points back of Calgary, if I'm reading this correctly. Um, there's, they're still very much in it, but they've got teams, uh, just as close to them behind them. Like, the Canucks could fall, could theoretically fall into second to last in the Pacific Divi- second to last of the Pacific Division uh, if they lose a couple more games. So, you know, they're, it's anybody's ball game at the moment. I mean, they've got some ground to make up. They had a they were they were near the top for a while there, uh, and then they fell back. Uh, but I don't see any reason why the Canucks can't uh, figure their stuff out and at least make it interesting in getting into the wild card and try to dr- grab a wild card spot. I think they're a little hard pressed to get a uh, to get a spot in the in the uh, Pacific Division, one of those top three. Uh, but I think the wild card is very much within their sights. Um, um, in terms of Toronto, uh, Josh Levo had the only Canucks goal, and he's been great uh, of late. He has six points in six games. Um, 
Levo is somebody who I was really excited when the Canucks got and um, uh, in the the trade where they uh, sent uh, Michael Carcone to the uh, to the Leafs. Um, I really liked Levo. I knew a lot more about Levo than I think most people in Vancouver did, just because I listened to uh, I watch a lot of Steve Dangle stuff. So I've heard his um, I've heard him talk about. Uh, I've heard them. I've heard him and his podcast buddies talk about uh, talk very highly of Josh Levo and why isn't he playing? Uh, Mike Babcock's firing really was the the gift that keeps on giving, wasn't it? Um, Levo has done very well in Vancouver, and I really love him as a longer term piece for this group. I think I talked about Levo in the last episode too, so uh, maybe I'm gonna maybe I'm just uh, uh, going back to an old argument here. But just he's done so well. He 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 fits into a lot of different spots. He's not, uh, he's not necessarily, again, he's no game breaker, but he's, he, he gets points. He gets points wherever he's put and he finds success, uh, in through, throughout those top three lines. I mean, you're not going to see him in a depth role, but that's, and that's fine. Cause that's not what Leva does. Leva scores. Um, I was at the game. I was at the game against Buffalo on Saturday and Levo was everywhere. He was all over the place. I was, I was going I was hoping he'd get the hat trick. He'd get the hat trick there. Him or Roussel, who are both doing very well. Um, I really thought Levo had a good shot at um, the hat trick in that game. He he was he was playing. He was his his ability to move the puck up the ice and the uh, on and on uh, odd man rushes and breakouts. He's very good at that. Um, there was the uh, the great pass from Jordy Ben. Uh, Levo found himself wide open near the blue line and Ben just flips him like a nice a nice hail mary pass and he shot it perfectly uh, past Carter Hutton. It's a bit of a tough shot to make, especially from that angle that he was coming in. He had a pass too. He had a pass option, but he chose to shoot and he went far side coming in on that, coming in off the corner. Um, and that's never an easy shot to make. And, you know, you, you talk, they talk about Levo and how he has a killer shot and that, that was it on full display. I mean, it was a great, it was a great play. It was a, it was a great heads up, heads up play by Jordy Ben as well, just to get him that pass in the first place. Uh, but he, he made, he made short work of it. And that's, uh, that, and that goes a long way at the end of the day. Um, Levo had had some great great opportunities in that game, and he was uh, getting to the front of the net. He was making a couple good. He made good reads. Uh, he wasn't a liability at any point during the game. Um, and I really like Levo as uh, a long term fit for this group. If he keeps if he keeps scoring the way he does and keeps uh, getting opportunities with uh, with more minutes, I think there's a I think there's no reason why he can't be here as part of the. The, the the long-term core group um and especially as in terms of like those uh that next tier down of guys who maybe aren't um you know your superstars but they're gonna they're gonna help uh bring you a championship because i mean every team needs those depth pieces to those competent players who are going to chip in points regularly even um even if they're not necessarily playing uh with the big guns that's what levo brings and that's what will make him uh, successful in Vancouver, uh, especially um, with the with the best yet to come for this team. 
um, down the line. Uh, Quinn Hughes has been playing very well. As well. I mean, he's he's played well at pretty much the entire season. I mean, I can't even really think back to one game where it's been like, oh, oh Quinn Hughes was terrible tonight. Um, and that's just the beauty of Quinn Hughes, isn't it? Um, in the in the game against uh, Buffalo, he was second in he was second in uh, time on ice with twenty with exactly twenty four minutes. Uh, the only guy ahead of him by four seconds was Tyler Myers, and we'll get to Tyler Myers in a second, I'm sure. Of uh, Quinn Hughes, um, he's just otherworldly. Um, he he's phenomenal. Like the way he's able to just start at rushes from he. One of the things I talked about to kind of bring it back to a little bit uh, an argument I made a few years ago. Uh, Bo Horvat. Uh, the re- what I loved about Bo Horvat. Uh, what I've always loved about Bo Horvat is the the fact that he can take. Take a nothing play and turn it into something. That doesn't necessarily always mean a goal. It can just mean a good, a scoring chance, or a passing, or a play that leads to a goal, or draws a penalty. I think that's something Bo Horvath does really well, and I think that's something that Quinn Hughes does extremely well. Uh, Hughes is able to take plays that don't look like they're going to amount to anything, and uh, he is able to just turn it into here. I'm gonna just bulldoze through everybody on the all of your players and get a and get a scoring chance even if that doesn't lead to a necessarily lead directly to a goal it's that sort of stuff that um really boosts a team like the ability to have this player who even everybody plays with a little bit uh plays with a little bit more guts uh, when they see pl- when they see plays like that, because they feel like, all right, this team, this team's, this team's breakable. This um, when they see even even if it is a guy like Quinn Hughes, who's who's just uh, another and just on his own level. Um, the watching those guys kind of being able to just break through an entire roster like that is is a sight to behold, and it really. And it really makes the team, it makes your team look so much scarier as a, as a group when they know, oh my god, this guy's coming at, well, this guy's gonna come at us and just, just make us look like pylons. Um, like, I mean, that's the, look at the Oilers, like, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl will do that on a nightly basis. Like, the Oilers, without those two, wouldn't be a scary team in any way, shape, or form. McDavid and Dreisaitl make you keep, you, keep everybody on their toes when they play the Oilers because they know they can't slip because they know if they slip up that there's a there's a there's a uh, there's a goal going in the back of their net um, and that's the and that's what's gonna keep on happening with guys like Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser as they get better and better they're going to they're going to put the fear of God into teams a little bit more as they get as they keep going and Quinn I mean Quinn's only 20 there's so much he can you imagine what he's gonna be like in like three years oh he's going to be just raking teams hopefully raking them over the coals um he he can really do he can really do that he's he's got the ability to um to uh make that sort of stuff happen and i think and i and i i think the and i think there's a lot there's a lot of quinn hughes we haven't even seen yet um and that's that in itself is pretty damn exciting um as we kind of transition over just like buff to the Sabres game, um, the Canucks, the uh, they they blew a lot of leads in that game. I I wonder what the mentality what the mentality is of the team right now. Like they lost, like they they won that game in overtime. 
on a goal that was a little bit controversial just because there was a bit of a weak penalty called um, in the overtime that would have been a Sabres win had that penalty not called, and I'm yawning. Why? Um, it's... I wonder if they're... If they're ner- if they're nervous about that sort of stuff. If they if they take the full thrill of winning out of that game, it's more just relief of thank God we didn't blow this. Because um, they looked so good at so many points in that game. Like they look they they were the better team in that game for most of the most of the time. The problem was when they weren't the better team. Uh, it really really showed, and the Sabers just took over. We're able to just quickly dismantle them. Um, it it I really I liked what we got. I liked what I saw from the group, especially there. It wasn't even until until overtime. I wasn't. It was ugh. there was no point where I was concerned that the Canucks were gonna blow it. Like I it wasn't into uh, overtime. I was like, oh god, oh god, oh god, they're gonna blow this, aren't they? Especially when I saw the puck go in. Then I'm like, oh, they blew it. And then then I hear, oh nope, there's a uh, there's the penalty there's a penalty coming up. Um, I didn't. I never. I felt like they were in the driver's seat for most of the game. The problem was they had to be. They had to. They had to play an extra. They had to play extra time, uh, because they made some poor choices, and those poor choices led to huge breakdowns in their own end. Um, there were a couple goals I'm sure Thatcher Demko would have liked to have back from that game, but I mean there were too many defensive mistakes, especially uh, guys like uh, the Tim Schaller, Jay Beagle line, and Jay Beagle playing on the same line. They were negative. They were minus three, and I know plus minus isn't the best um, judgment of defensive talent, but yikes when you're. Uh, given up that many grade A opportunities, there is uh, there is a little bit of concern uh, for sure. Um, Tyler Myers, <laughs> Tyler Myers had himself a game uh, on on against Buffalo. That was his best game as a Canuck by far. Um, he had it. He had an assist. He had a goal, which was supposed to be the game winner, or which would or would have been the yeah would should have been the game winner because it would have been a it should have been a five three win for the Canucks if they had held on properly uh but oh my god just jumping up in the rush that that pass across to Myers and you just see the elation as he scores like oh that was that was great to see I'm like I cannot believe and you know I can't believe I was there to witness a giraffe goal like that's that's that that that's that's got to be that's once in a blue moon that's almost as rare as a Chris Tanov goal so anytime you get if you can get like both of those in the same game that's like what are your odds there like one to one in a million like I mean those are those are all those are very rare um he, I like I like what I saw from Myers Myers is he he's very much hit or miss on games like uh, you going back to the Toronto game uh he was not great last last night was one of his uh was one of his worst his worst games um as far as I'm concerned, he he didn't look very good for long periods of time, and yet he's still getting some of the most ice time on the team right now. Um, it's very it's uh, you know I didn't I didn't like what I saw from Myers of the Trot game. He's very much a hit or miss player where he goes and where he can if he if he if he's on he's on if he's off he is ice cold and it's uh i don't know how to kind of draw in a little bit more consistency from him and a more mediocre uh line up line from him like yeah maybe yeah if i if if 
if having him score a couple less points a season uh, is the cost for also him not allowing extra goals every season, like, I know that there is no direct cause, that's not a direct cause, causation, cause, cause or anything, but that idea of, like, say if I, if, if there was a way to get him to have less miss games meant losing a couple extra hit games, and it was kind of just a more, more middling kind of, uh, um, play from him, I would take that at this point because what you want from a defenseman, especially a defenseman that's playing as many minutes as him, is you is if there you can't have them being a liability, um, even if that means sacrificing a few points from them. Uh, you don't the liability factor is too great, too is too important to having to have to have them uh, having those games. So I don't know if there's a way to kind of uh, build them into a more structured player in his own end and to kind of uh prevent more attempt to, to prevent a few more goals of the season uh but if there's a way to do it uh, they should look into that because myers is very myers has some has some good qualities uh the problem is those good qualities only come out uh only come out in one game or another you know they it's never you never see as many of his good qualities in a game where he's uh, in a poor game, uh, and those, because the poor games, he just looks especially bad. It's, it's really just a matter of trying to find a more, uh, middle, a middling ground for him, where you can get the best, where you can get some good and some bad out of him, and less of these just, uh, roller coaster, roller coaster runs from him. Um, and, uh, but overall, uh, overall still, he was, he was pretty fun in the Sabres game, so that's, that was cool to see. All right, now this is the part of the show where uh, we talk about the NHL stuff that's been going on, uh, all the all the rest of the league and everything. Um, but really, we're only going to talk about mostly one topic today, and that is uh, the and that is the Dallas Stars firing uh, Jim Montgomery. Uh, he is no longer the head coach of the Stars um, for uh, what has been deemed as uh, inappropriate conduct. Um, and this came so far out of left field that it's it, it I'm I am I think everybody just kind of is like what they wants everybody wants to know what's going on really like um I mean at first it seemed like oh is this another one of those this is another uh, another uh, coach who's been is this uh, did did he get accused of uh, like abusing players because you know if that's the case then yeah good let's let's keep weeding that stuff out but that's apparently not what this is uh, in relation to so it is um, it's so up in the air as to what actually what why he's being why he why uh, what happened what exactly happened um uh, so the official the official line from stars gm jim nil was a material act of unprofessionalism by an employee um um the um it, apparently it has nothing to do with the idea that the nhl's the with a recent uh thing uh the nhl board of governors meeting where they talked about a new uh, a new po- a plan for uh uh doing background checks on potential head coaches and everything uh, potential coaches um 
there is no, it's not a criminal thing. There are no other team employees, either past or present, involved, apparently. And this is all according to uh, an athletic article uh, by Sean Shapiro. Um, uh, I, I should point that out. Uh, go check out that article for better, uh, for quotes and everything. Um, but, so nobody knows. No, nobody seems, to, like, none of the media people, nobody seems to know what exactly happened and it but and this is the weird thing like Jim Nell came out did this press conference basically saying all these things but no but but also saying abs and saying absolutely nothing and giving absolutely nothing no reason for why he was fired which makes no sense because if it's if he did something poor if he did something badly why wouldn't you why would you try and cover that like why not just come out and say what it is because it's going to only look worse on you even if you did do the right thing here by firing him right away um it's only gonna look bad on you when it eventually comes out it's like why are you hiding this but in a way it doesn't make any sense like what it could be i mean because it's not criminal it's a it's not criminal but it's not a criminal offense but it's also something that he had to be fired about fired over almost Immediately, because I guess he got a call over the weekend, and I mean, he got fired yesterday. Yesterday was Tuesday, so like, I mean, it had had to be bad enough to get to go from having a job to fired within four days, but it's also not criminal. Uh, so, I, I, I is somebody lying? Is somebody like what's like what what's what's going on here? Because especially because there's also even the there was media availability. Uh, they talked about there was a, a media availability with. Uh, with uh, Jim Montgomery um, on Monday, like before there, because they were to play, they were going to play New Jersey last night. Uh, there was a, he had a, he had a, a meeting with media people. And usually if, you know, you're about to fire somebody, you don't put them in front of the, you, you don't, uh, they're not there for the Monday practice. So it had to have been something super recent and bad enough that it warranted firing him almost on the spot without a suspension without anything else so i don't i don't i don't know how it could possibly not be criminal a criminal thing like oh what uh, wh- i mean unless it's i don't know there's a lot of it's i mean i'm not going to give you my my what i think it is cuz i don't know like there's just i mean if it's i mean if this is how quickly it comes up and it's a bad it's a poor thing to do um then glad then good um you know i mean i still think they should have just come out and said what it is and i think that's the real the real issue here is just they kind of hit it they're kind of just hiding it at the moment i if it's you know i would like to know what it is i mean eventually it's going to come out right so Oh, so I don't see why you don't just get out in front of the eight ball and say exactly what it is right there. That's the main question here. I mean, if if he did something wrong, if he did something that that wrong, uh, and they and it warranted firing him that quickly, and they did it. That's I mean, good on Dallas for doing it. Let but you know I do want to see what exactly this was. Um, good on them for doing it. Uh, but they they should have just come out and said what it was because I think that's that that was silly of them not to do that. Um, uh, as we kind of transition over to stuff, they uh, obviously the NHL uh, had their the board of governors meeting. They and they we talked already about the new. Uh, the how the NHL is going to be putting in more effort to give coaches to uh, 
um, for to background checks of coaches and those sorts of things. Um, it it's that's and that's huge and that's good for the sport. The fact that that's going to keep going forward is very important. Uh, that change is needed. Um, one thing that also came up uh, was the uh, the the World Cup. The World Cup of Hockey won't be played in 2021, which is fine by me. Then they said they wanted to play it in 2022, and I was like, oh, no, don't do that. Because um, the the big problem, here's the, here's, there's an ideal schedule for the world, for, for the, for the NHL when it comes to these events, and I keep, can't believe I keep having to hammer this home, okay? Um, here's what you do. It's very simple. It's, it's very simple. Uh, okay. 2022 is the Winter Olympics already in Beijing, if I if I if I remember correctly. Or uh, yeah, um, 2022. You go to the Olympics. 2023 All Star Game. 2024 World Cup. 2025 All Star Game. 2026 Winter Olympics again. That's the proper way to do it. You get a, an international. You take time off for an international tournament. Every year, every, every second year, either the Olympics or the World Cup of Hockey, and then the years in between, you do an all-star game. It's really that simple. You, that's, that is the best way to do it. I get that that means waiting, uh, what, uh, eight, six years between the last World Cup, or no, sorry, eight years between World Cup World Cup 3 and World Cup 4. Um, I mean, that's still smaller than the 12 than the 12 we got the last time or the yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the way to do it. That's the proper way to do it. I don't see why we don't um, why we don't do it that way cuz the, the NHL should be going to world international tournaments every year. And the fact is right now um, and I, I saw this on Twitter yesterday somebody talking about the fact that, that since they haven't been doing they're not doing the World Cup the, um, again because they're delaying the World Cup again um, the NHL won't have been had a best on best tournament won't, the hockey won't have had a true best on best tournament since the last World Cup in 2016 because 2018 wasn't that uh, the 2018 Olympics wasn't that uh, the 2022 Olympics might not be that so might not be that if they're going to be dumb about it um that that's almost that's almost a f- like that's a long time to go without a true best on best international competition which the sport needs which the sport desperately needs to grow so i don't get why they're dragging their feet on this r- routinely i think you just you just do it just do it in 2020 uh, do it in 2024. Maybe that means waiting a little bit too long, but in between, uh, maybe wins. But that means you have to go to the Olympics. You you just have to go to the Olympics, please. Don't make me sit through. Don't make me sit through an Olympics without hockey again, without NHL players in it again. Because oh, it's so bad. The hockey's so bad. Uh, the women's hockey's always phenomenal, and I spent way more time watching that than I did the men's tournament because it's just it was a thousand times better. I mean, it, it, there was there was no contest which was the better the better competition to watch. Like when Canada lost to Germany, I think it was in the semifinals of the men's tournament. I was like. Oh no! What a shame. I was. <laughs> it really didn't. It, it really. I, my national pride wasn't exactly uh, 
burnt at that moment. It wasn't. It wasn't destroyed. Not like it was when the uh, the Canadian women lost to the American, uh, the Americans in that gold medal game. Oh, that was that was so sad. The refereeing was terrible. Um, <laughs> it was. It was terrible. Uh, but uh, that's not what we're that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the World Cup. Um, World Cup. Do it in 2024. Go to the Olympics in 2022. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Please, seriously, don't, don't, don't make me, don't make me, don't make me come over there. Um, 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 and uh, yeah, I mean the uh, just kind of going transferring over to the playoff stuff. Uh, my God, my transitions need to get a lot better. Um, Canucks have Carolina on uh, coming in tomorrow on Thursday, um, <coughs> and. Um, Carolina's doing pretty well. They're, um, they've got, they're tied for third in the Metro, um, um, which doesn't make any sense. I'm looking at their record. They've got more wins than Philadelphia, but somehow they're behind. Okay. Um, sure. Why not? Um, I guess they've got, well, I guess they have a game at hand. Um, why am I yawning so much? Um, uh, Carolina, um, beat Edmonton last night. They almost gave, they gave themselves a, a not-so-needed scare. I think they blew, like, a 3-0 lead in that game and still nearly, and still walked away with, like, a 6-3 win. Um, Carolina's the bunch of jerks. They're very good. There's <coughs> nothing you can't, there's nothing to say where they're really, like, struggling, you know? They're a team that has all the keys to being a pretty dang good team going forward. They're, they're... They're what we hope the Canucks are going to be in maybe two years or so. Um, and you can't, and, um, <coughs> oh, why am I coughing now? Like, just, just a bad day for, just a bad day for me, apparently. Um, Carolina has, um, Carolina's a very strong team with guys like Sebastian Ajo, um, Andrei Svechnikov, uh, Teva Teravine, and they're a well-oiled machine. Um, when they're there's the Canucks are gonna have their hands full. This is a really good, but this is also gonna be a really good test for the Canucks if they can kind of come out with a really good, with a really strong uh, showing against Carolina. That could bode well for their season. I like I like the I like these measure I like measuring stick games like this. Toronto was kind of one, uh, but I would say this is a better one. This is a better uh, measuring stick game because of the the skill of a team like Carolina and how they're kind of a more I wouldn't say even match for the Canucks, but they're you know they're what the Canucks are kind of going for in terms of a of a of a team. If they can kind of uh, show if they can if they can put up a good performance, I like their I like their their odds here. I like their odds going forward. Um, um, just looking at the Metropolitan Division, even is such a it's still a gauntlet as always. I mean, the Blue Jackets aren't are you know they felt they they lost a lot of people. They're not doing so well anymore. The Rangers are the Rangers. They're still in the middle of getting things put together. Um, the Atlantic Division. Ooh, that's about oh that place is pretty weak aside from Boston. There's it's pretty much Boston and then everyone else. That is that's that's literally what the rest of the division is right now. I mean, it's anybody's ball game in the Atlantic except for the fact that there's only gonna be two uh, playoff spots in that division, I'm pretty sure. There's only gonna be three, sorry. There's no wild no wild cards are coming out of that group. Like I think you can pretty much say that pretty confidently right now. Um like for example, the second team in the the Atlantic right now is Buffalo with 36 points. They would not crack. They would finish sixth 
in the metro right now. So yeah, there's a I would say the odds on an on an Atlantic wildcard team are pretty slim to none. So right now it's Boston, Buffalo, and Florida in those top three spots, and then Montreal and Toronto kind of nipping at them. Oh, and Tampa. Tampa is near the technic is sixth in their division, which is so weird. Um, but they're only they're 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 only two points back of third. So that. It really is going to be a, f- a dogfight for those uh, final, for that second, for those second and third spots in the Atlantic. Boston might as well just call it a season now. They're they're pretty safe as far as I'm concerned, unless they really hit a hit a long rough patch, which I don't see that happening from them. Um, in the Western Conference, I mean the yes, because we do have again we have to start looking at the playoff picture now. This is where it gets serious. Colorado, uh, Colorado, when Winnipeg are trailing St. Louis by not very much, that that division is really up for grabs um, in terms of just who wins because they're so good, like they're so like um, they're set. I'm sure, there's only, there are five teams in that division uh realistically that could win the division i mean nashville's got a lot of work to do to get to that point um to to has to would have to claw their way back a little bit but they could do it there's no reason they can't they're not it's it's not an issue of talent because they very much have that talent uh they could get to the they could win the central division but uh so you know the uh, but at the same time the pacific division actually has uh teams in wildcard position right now which isn't nothing uh you got vegas in there who with 37 they're only a point back behind calgary you already talked about them in the canucks of course three four points behind calgary uh three points behind vegas it's gonna be tight it's gonna be tough they're gonna they they got some work to do those points are are not those it's it's hard to 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 get your way back into the that into that playoff spot so you know they've they've got their work cut out for them there's uh the the playoff push isn't here yet but it's coming so uh the canucks better hope they're prepared for that and uh with that i think we're gonna call this an episode thank you so much for listening um if you did not see uh my article on daily hive offside about the the vancouver giants um Teddy Bertas game uh, I went to. I got to cover my very first game at Rogers Arena, which was so cool. That view is perfect, let me tell you, from the press box up there. It is such a nice view. Uh, I get such a great view of the ice. You get to, I got to see all the teddy bears just going overboard. I saw one guy at our press box just chuck a teddy bear from from the press box, and it made it onto the ice. Uh, we, were, we, had, we, were, we had an idea going like this. We were trying to get the science down of it. We were like, um, you know, I was at the mind of, like, you know, if you could get the power on it, which is the hardest thing to do with, like, a light thing like a teddy bear, you could, you can, it'll make it. it. It's got the room and the space to make it. Uh, a couple other, uh, other people did not agree. They were just like, no, it's too light. It won't make it no matter how hard you throw it. Uh, but he got it. He got it to go. Um... Um, the it was fun. Uh, yeah, I wrote an article about it about the Teddy Bertos game over on Daily Have Offside. I will leave a link in the description below. Um, of course, this episode, this this uh, show is made possible by my Patreon. Um, so my Patreon subscribers, who are the best people in the world, and I love them. If you want to get, uh, f- if you want to get eight episodes a month of this show instead of four, um, go and uh, join the Flying V tier of my Patreon podcast for only $3 a month. You get 
you get four more episodes. I recently did a really fun one where I talked about uh, the first four episode, the first four episodes of The Mandalorian, and uh, what they were, and uh, which Canuck is most likely to be the Mandalor is most likely to become a Mandalorian. That was a, that was a pretty fun episode to do. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're if you're interested in adding a couple like a couple extra short bonus podcasts every month, three months, three bucks a month, you get you get you get eight episodes. This is episode twenty five of a show, of a show, where there are basically twenty more episodes literally hidden on that on the on the patreon so you gotta you gotta go just gotta go join the flying v tier and get in on those um what else is there to talk about of course go check out my work as well on fearthefin.com i read a lot of shark stuff there um daily hive i have other canuck stuff coming out on the way um including an article i'm very excited to to talk about and to share with you uh uh in the near future um and we'll get and uh i will let you know when that comes out follow me on twitter and on instagram and on facebook uh, just put slash lock in the crease into any of those websites and you will find me. Um, check out my website, lockinthecrease.com. Uh, I do some blogging and stuff there as well. And uh, yeah, this has been the Crease Cast for December the 11th, 2019. Thank you for listening and uh, uh, hope, the win- hope your winter is not too freezing cold. See ya.